What's up, everybody? Austin here. Just wanted to say thank you. We just surpassed 600 overall listeners, which may not sound like a whole lot, but for a group of guys that started this thing not really knowing what to expect, it's a huge deal for us. So we appreciate and we thank each and every single one of you guys. You can find us on Twitter, take4take underscore, four spelled F-O-U-R. All of our episodes are posted on there. We interact with you guys through there. Find us on Spotify, take4take, you know, We appreciate each and every single one of you guys listening, sharing with your friends, reposting our episodes. It means a lot to us. It truly, truly does. We're slowly but surely growing this thing, and the only way way is up from here. So we thank, thank each and every single one of you guys. And without further ado, let's hop into this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Take for Take podcast. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. Gage, Trent, how we feeling? What's up, everybody? Fellas, how we doing? Happy, uh, happy Tuesday for everybody that's listening along. Happy October. Happy spooky season. Spooky season is here, is. man. Best month of the year, good boys. Best month of the year. Yo, that is an extremely hot take. That is, yeah. Not a not a big Same Halloween week. not a big Halloween guy. Oh jeez. I, I could not be more on the other side of that. I'm a big Christmas guy. I love Christmas. Really? Yeah. Really? I see Christmas is my birthday, so I kind of I don't know. Like it kind of just all blends together. I'm not really Are you a big trick or treater? I just like the I like the vibes of October. You know? Yeah. I love- Big I fall guy. Fall. Yeah, I'm, I like the fall as well. I just don't like Halloween. I think it's an overrated holiday. But uh, if Halloween was in. If, if really quick, if Halloween was like in in April, I would agree. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it falls in October, then it kind of makes it my favorite holiday. By that reasoning, if if you guys are following along with that, so. I think it'd be. I mean, I think it'd be criminal for Halloween to be. In the middle of spring, when it's ninety degrees and people are dressed up as furry, around Christmas, trick or treating. There'd be that you'd have to change your outfit. Uh, of uh, different choices to be made in terms of the outfit front, but embrace debate, fellas. Let's uh, we can start a poll on Take for Take Twitter. See what you guys think. Uh, best holidays are. I mean, maybe we'll say that for a different show or Mount or not Mount Rushmore. Sorry, sorry. Take, uh, all over the place right now. Cut you this are, shit out. You are, buddy. Yeah. Buddy, tri- buddy got a hype up. over Halloween. He started. In, can't talk anymore. Let's fucking do this thing, man. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. We got a bunch of football to recap. Um, we're gonna get through this as quickly as we can. Uh, gonna go through our best bets from the weekend. Uh, nobody was in the red, so that's good. Talk about those really quick. We'll dive into college ball really quick, and then we will finish with the Sunday slate. Best bets on – you can check the updated standings. They're now on Twitter. No, they – no, they are not on Twitter yet. They will be on Twitter when this gets put out. But I went 3-3. Three and three. Um, Run through my plays really quick. Friday night I had Utah and Oregon under 44.5. That was a no sweat. That was my favorite bet of the week. 
um, on Saturday. I had USC team total over 48 and a half, which was an absolute brutal loss. We'll get into that game here shortly. Mix, missed extra point kind of fucked me there. Uh, Penn State minus 26 and a half. Big pick late in that game um, helped me there. Auburn, Trent, you were on this one also. Team total under 14 and a half. That was a quick loss. Um, one, like first couple drives loss. Um, Houston, I had them plus nine at Texas Tech. They got fucking throttled. And then my only public NFL play on Sunday was the Texans plus three outright winners. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, so I'll save it. But CJ Stroud is a fucking stud. Um, three and three on the weekend. Gage, four and two. Let the people know how you, uh, who'd you had. Yeah, let's go, everybody. Uh, hope you guys tail along finally in the green. Um, brings my total record to 16 and 14 after after being in the mud for a little bit. But, you know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. So a little bit of, the, little bit of plays this weekend. Um, Kentucky minus one at home against a very fraudulent, somehow still ranked Florida team. Um, Graham Mertz is not that guy. He's never been that guy, and he never will be. And that was pretty much a sweat-free bet there. Um a pretty controversial pick in Clemson, given a touchdown on the road in Syracuse. I know you guys were kind of against this play, but this is a great spot for Clemson. Huge bounce back win, and it was a pretty sweat-free bet there as well. Um, heartbreaking loss to Kansas plus 16 and a half. When you're down by seven at halftime and you end up losing 40 to 14 is uh, not so much a good look there. So we'll get into that game a little bit later too, I'm sure. Another... Absolutely heartbreaking loss, dude, plus five and a half. Um, had them outright as well for a little parlay that lost. Um, you know, down five with two, what, less than a minute left, and they go for two, and they end up getting the two-point conversion. So, brutal loss there. A um, couple plays in the NFL yesterday, Jags minus three. Those boys are elite in London. Pretty sweat-free there. Um, did you guys watch that game, the, the Toy Story stream at all? No, I'm gonna be completely honest. I watched a little bit of the like the actual stream, uh, like the actual channel or whatever, but I didn't watch most mo- most of that game actually. Yeah, I saw, um, the, I saw the clips on Twitter, but I wasn't watching that that broadcast. I loved we it. Missed yeah. the, taking the taking the lunder and that. I'm sure, we'll talk about it, but like that was staring right in, right in front of us. I had adjusted total over what I was thinking, so always play the lunder there. Yeah. Um, and then last play, another swipe free. Bills minus minus the field goal at home against Miami. Uh, huge, huge win in my huge win in um, Buffalo. We'll get into that game a little bit later too. But watch out for those Bills are getting up at the right time. Trent. So, yep. Um, was in the green this week. We can all uh, rejoice together. Yeah, thank you guys. To you, the week. <laughs> Three two in one week. Uh, the the wins were all easy. I was on Kentucky as well. Gage, uh, that line made no sense to me. They throttled Georgia at home. You know, plus two uh, fourteen uh, with two touchdowns. They uh, I told you to sprinkle the money line for the, all those who followed. They ended up winning that game. Um, TCU is fraudulent. <clears throat> I uh, was on UNLV minus eleven against Hawaii. Hawaii, you're gonna make money. Simple as that. Uh, they do an easy win. And that one, Austin, uh, like you mentioned, I was on the Auburn team total. That lost. Um, Iowa minus 10, which I thought Iowa lost straight up until, like, 
yesterday, and I checked the score. Not only did they win, they ended up grabbing a push. Um, I think Gage, you were on that too, or, or was it Austin? I, I don't remember, but uh, so I was. I got them. I got them early. Um, at, uh, at a, no eleven. That's why when you texted me or texted us that morning, I was like, no, lines now 10 and a half because it just kept going down. And then it ended closed at 10 at kickoff. And I grabbed 11 thinking that the line would go up, but it just didn't. Yeah, they were losing. And they, they scored, I think, 13 points in the last, like, six minutes of that game, I think, uh, to win um, by 10. So I got the push there. And then tough loss. I mean, I was on the Browns minus one and a half. And I played that before Deshaun got ruled out. Um, of course, that line swinged like five, four or five points the the Ravens' direction. So um, you know we'll get into that game, but that's a tough loss. But you know that's gambling for you. So overall, solid week, uh, starting to climb out of the mud. And um, you know I'll be I'll be there when it counts at the end. So it's a long season, that. man. Long season, but it's good to get in the green. Uh, let's start in the college ball Saturday. Um, USC Colorado. Uh, started out USC. I think they scored two and a half minutes into the game. Um, Gus and Joel weren't even settled in their seats yet, and it felt like USC scored. Um, they went up twenty-one nothing. Yep, they went up twenty-one nothing um, into the second quarter. Obviously, Colorado fought back. Final score forty-eight forty-one. Thoughts, concerns, comments on the half of Colorado. We'll get into USC here in a second, but. What do we think of Colorado right now? Two two losses against arguably the best two teams in the Pac-12. Um, they have – who do they have coming up? Arizona State, Stanford, and then UCLA. So pre- two kind of – two gimmies here in the middle of the season, kind of get back on track. Thoughts on Colorado? Um, Not so much Colorado, but – I mean, Caleb Williams is, is continuing to prove the country as to why he's going to be the back-to-back Heisman winner. Um, I mean, 400 yards through the air, responsible for seven, no, six touchdowns. Um, but looking at Colorado, when you give up 90 points in two weeks combined, um, I don't care how many points you're putting up, that's not a good sign. Um, obviously, Shadur did his thing, 371 yards through the air. 50 yards rushing, which was really, really surprising because usually his rush line is set at half a yard. Um, so he he performed, but I I told you guys that this was a good spot for Colorado to at least cover. I know good teams win, but great teams cover. Um, so 21 points here was a little too much. I know they kind of scored a couple times late down the stretch, and, and I would consider that a backdoor cover because they were down by three possessions during the entire game up, up until the fourth quarter. So, yeah. Colorado's kind of settled back down to earth. I think the the next two weeks against some somewhat easier opponents would be really good for them. It's what they need. And then, obviously, UCLA is a, is a different dog to battle with. So, not too much on this game. It's kind of expected that UCLA or that USC was going to win, but I didn't think they were going to run away with it like the whole country did. Yeah, I, I think this game went pretty pretty much like we expected, though. I mean, like, we, we had the over... Um, we thought USC would score, obviously, and then we thought Colorado would score because of USC's defense. I think the bigger takeaway from this game is I just don't think USC title contender. Um, I don't think they get through the Pac-12 bit unscathed. I mean, they, they have a tough schedule at the end. Um, I know we went over this in our in our preview 
um, pod, but I mean, they got to go at Notre Dame, home Utah, and then they end with Washington at Oregon, UCLA. So I will be shocked if they they come out clean at the year. So um, it's not because of their offense, obviously. It just goes back to their defense, and it seems like it hasn't improved at all. So that's my takeaway from the game. USC, fun to watch, but like they're, they're real contenders. Yeah, I agree with you, Trent. This defense is going to kind of shoot themselves in the foot later on in the season. Um, I don't think they get – I think they lose back-to-back games in the year at Washington and Oregon. And uh, that Utah team is surprisingly scary good, especially if they get Cam Rising back. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, this game was really, really exciting. It was fun to watch other than the botched uh, PAT in the second quarter. That just absolutely ruined my team total. That was just absolutely heartbreaking. Um. Also, for, really quick before we move on, that the fourth quarter drive for Colorado, the last drive where they cut it to seven. Um, what the fuck is the OC doing, bro? They ran four or five just halfback dives up the middle for two or three yards and 25, 30 seconds would run off the clock. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they got the ball back with like eight to seven minutes left. And they just they ran so much clock off, and they didn't give them a chance to play defense after that. They had to kick an onside, and it was just the 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 clock management was was piss poor late in that game. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't help when USC rushes three and drops eight. I mean, it kind of well, forces you to run the ball too and take what you can get, kind of thing. But yeah, down the stretch, it was kind of confusing as well. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, they're dropping in coverage, but at the same time, like you gotta throw the fuck. Like you're down two scores, you have to throw the ball. Yeah, thanks. I agree. Thanks, Trent. You wanna appreciate it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let's stick on. I, that. I didn't. Yeah, sorry, I didn't watch the game, so I can't. I Fair. can't add anything. Fair enough. I can't add it. I, I was out. I was outside building a fence, building my fence. So I know you guys were blowing up my phone, texting about it. I I went and watched the fights, uh, so that's all I can speak on. I just had to get Gus's. Uh, as his calls injected into my veins to get that fix at least for the weekend. So, Austin, let me let's uh let's stick with a little hair raising on that topic, and let's you guys have anything to talk about with the LSU Ole Miss game because that yeah. was one of the electric games. I watched that from start to finish because I had Ole Miss money line pretty big, and that was one of the most one of the electric college football games I've ever experienced. If you guys watched it at all? Yeah. So, um, I watched the beginning part of it. Um, brother-in-law's birthday party Saturday night, so I didn't catch the tail end of that or the uh, Notre Dame game. But, yeah, man, this game was fucking fun. I watched a uh, a quick version of it today, so that way I can see the whole thing. But, dude, it was um, like it was one of the better football games I can remember watching in a very, very long time. Defensively, yeah, it, was it was horrible, but it was so fun to watch. Yeah, the over was basically smacked at halftime. The over under live lineup. Talking to Tyler about it was ninety-one at halftime. Holy um, shit! I mean, this game finished with one hundred and four total points, over well over fourteen hundred yards total offense. It was like it was one of those things where I mean, obviously whoever had the ball last was going to win, but it came down to a big, big defensive stop from Ole Miss. Um, Jaden Daniels had a, had a shot to win it there at the end, down by five with a touchdown, but big stand by Ole Miss. So that was. That was electric. Most sweatiest game I've ever watched. Like, Ole Miss was up 21-7, first quarter. Then they were down by, like, 14 in the second half. Came back to win. Just 
just electric. If anyone else had Ole Miss out there, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, Jaden Daniels, Jackson Dart. I mean, they combined uh, 53 of 75 for 800-plus 800 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, it felt like every time they dropped back to pass, they were throwing the ball 12 to 15 yards down the field. Um, Ole Miss yeah. ran the ball 300 yards, 317 yards, bro. Quashawn Jud- uh, Judkins, who was SEC freshman of the year last year, running back for Ole Miss, is an absolute dog. Um, yeah, he is. Was I was good, just about to say. It was good to see him for, have a come-out game. Yeah, 33 touches. for He ran for 180 yards and a touchdown. Um, but that kid, when he runs the ball, dude, like, get the fuck out of his way. I'm pretty sure he's not even six foot, and he's probably like 240 pounds, just an absolute wrecking ball. But I, seem like, I feel like every time Jaden Daniels runs the ball in the game, he's getting absolutely, absolutely Dude, rocked. Dude, he got that, smacked. That one hit. He got <laughs> smacked. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great – that went viral all over uh, social media. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, Football LSU LSU receivers went crazy too. I mean, Brian Thomas and uh, Malik Neighbors, eight catches each. Thomas, 124 and three touchdowns. Um, he had two mosses in the end zone. Um, Malik Neighbors went over 100 yards. I mean, Ole Miss had two guys go over 100 receiving yards. Like it was, it was electric. It was, it was electric. It really, really was. It was a f- really fun football game to watch. It was. Lane Kiffin tried to give it away though late, man. He tried. He tried to, everything in his power to let LSU win that football game. Let's stick on that, uh, Austin. Talking yes. about giving the game away. Um, <laughs> Duke, no, don't even get me fucking started about the Dukies and how they blew this game, but go ahead. I just teed it up for someone to absolutely kick it off. You guys want to? Go for it, bro. The floor is all yours. Tell us. Tell us. Okay, Notre Dame. Yeah, Trent, you go. Let me, let me put what you have to say. Well, I should say <laughs> that we, you know, to address um, the podcast bet we had, we were going double or nothing on a Chipotle Bowl. Um, obviously, I was on Notre Dame. Austin was back in his Dukies. And... Um, you know, it was an incredible finish, and the fact that they scored to go up five, we had we had the spread at five and a half, yeah, and I thought, brutal. you know, we're good to go here. And then it kind of dawned on me that they had to go for two to make it a seven-point game, so all of a sudden that two-point conversion uh, became a hell, a hell of a lot important between uh, us, and um, how does Sam Hartman... Uh, got the got the job done. That that fourth was it a fourth down scramble? Yes, it was fourth, fourth and sixteen, and he ran for seventeen. Yeah. That, that I mean that was a ballsy play, man. And uh, I mean, he played really well. Um, you know their defense held up more than I thought. I think Notre Dame does struggle with on the outside with their they don't have really have dynamic weapons on the outside. But um, I mean that that's what it, that's what it's like when you play like fifty five games of college football like Sam Hartman has like he just gets it done when it matters and um, I, I'd, I'd say it wasn't a sweat and um, we're back to <laughs> back to even here Austin and um, I'm excited insane. for the next uh, yeah. bowl on the line <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me get on my soapbox real fast this game like all about a roller coaster of emotions that's what this game was um, but Take takeaway that I have is if you're playing Notre Dame and you shut down the run and make Sam Hartman beat you, and I know that was like the whole game plan when they played Ohio State kind of thing. Like that is so true because estimate, yeah, he broke that one for thirty yards to win the game, but before that he rushed seventeen times and had just over fifty yards, and Sam Hartman was fifteen of thirty for two hundred yards. So like 
Duke played really, really well. They absolutely lost this game because of, I want to say, coaching. I know I, I was texting you guys a lot throughout this fourth quarter. Um, so Duke scored, took the lead by one, and they had the ball on the on Notre Dame's 20-yard line. They took a sack, so they were on like the 28, 29-yard line. And I get it, college kickers, don't even get me started on Saturday. They were absolutely abysmal. They cost me quite a bit of money for not doing the singular job that they have on the team. And Duke's field goal kicker missed a 35-yarder and then a 20-yarder right before half. So I get it. He was already really shaky that game. But you're on the 28-yard line of your opponent and you punt the ball when you have a chance to go up by four with four minutes left in the game. Um that kind of that kind of did it for me, and then obviously we saw a ninety-five yard drive that that Notre Dame ended up scoring on to win the game. So not only did the money line lose, but the fucking spread loss. So it was a double knife, double edged knife that really fucking stabbed me every which way. And I don't know if I'll ever be betting on Duke ever again. That was that was Riley Leonard that they did like the uh, they act like they were going for it. Um, yeah, because it was, yeah. was like more than five, and then he took a step back and did like the pooch punt yeah um actually a nice punt i mean they, they got down to the five and then sam hartman like i said kind of sacked up with his legacy drive down the field estimate fin- finishing it off but um you know i get it like i, I think you, i think you have to go for it there i mean you have an elite quarterback um you get the first down there it's over i get yeah. you want to make for the whole field but like i said if sam hartman's He's been in a lot of situations. He's been in college since, you know, since we we were in college. So it's it's been a while. Yeah. Um, speaking to Austin, not not you, Gage, but um, and and uh, we should mention Riley Leonard um, avoided disaster in terms of his injury. It looks like it was just a high ankle sprain. Looked really bad um, on the last play when he got sacked. Um, so hope to see him back uh, at some point this year because he's really fun to watch. Yeah, last thing before we move on, Austin. Um, but if you do kick that field goal there and you go up four, the entire dynamic of that game-winning drive for Notre Dame changes. They, they're they not running the ball like they did when they broke that that touchdown run because in that, in that scenario, they were playing for the field goal. So, yeah, you obviously run the ball. You're already in field goal range. But you kick that field goal, go up four, you're putting the, you're putting the game in Sam Hartman's hands, and he hasn't been good all game. So coaching really – really fucked that game over um could have went totally the other way and um yeah let's move on i'll, I'll hop off my box now and we'll, we'll move on to we'll hopefully a better game to win. yeah i mean other i mean there were there wasn't many solid football games in my opinion outside of those on, on the college slate so unless you guys have anything let's move to the nfl we should mention um uh Daniels, Kansas's quarterback, who got scratched. Yeah, his back. Uh, like five it? minutes before the game, mm-hmm. which fucked like every Kansas better out there. Yeah. Obviously, they're just a completely different team without their quarterback. So, um, yeah, that's unfortunate. I know, Gage, you were on Kansas. And, uh, I think you had, a, oh, you had the spread straight, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's tough. But, yeah, everything else, I mean, we, Austin, you didn't mention when you were going over your, your plays, but that Penn State cover. Oh, James that's Franklin right. Was, was playing for the cover, man. Like yeah. He, he, had, he had no business business covering that game. And I think James Franklin had 
couple couple thousands on on Penn State there because yeah. he was <laughs> he, he was playing for the cup. No, Trent, that's a good point because I remember that rings a bell when we were talking about the Sean McVay thing a couple weeks ago, and I said that there was a coach who came out and said that. That's who it was. It was James Franklin, and they said, or he like really did mention that he know they know they know that they know the spread, like they know what's going on, and I think that was like example A of him proving that theory right. Um, that was a backup quarterback too. His very first throw, yeah, his he, dart on the field. Yeah, he scrambled left. Linebacker picked it off. He could have had a chance to take it back, uh, but he ran out of bounds. And then uh, Penn State's backup came in, did um, like a like a fake QB draw, and he almost need like. He almost need the ball. Like he was almost on the ground. Um, yeah. Halfback came out, did an angle route down the middle of the field, touchdown pass, boom. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, that was fucking phenomenal. That was I was watching that. I almost turned it off. Um, kind of like ah, whatever. You know, that's a bad beat. But then they picked it off, and I was like, okay, kind of got a chance here. And then first play touchdown, and I was I was pretty excited about that. But uh, let's move to the big boys, man. Let's move to the NFL Sunday slate. Uh, across the pond, the uh, the London Jaguars get another win, 23 to seven against the Falcons. Uh, Bijan had his best uh, game of his rookie campaign, 14 carries, 105 yards, including a 38 yard rush. Um, Trevor Lawrence looked good enough to get it done, 20 of 30, 207 yards and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, eight for 84. Calvin Ridley, uh, touched the only uh, passing touchdown or the only offensive touchdown for the Jaguars. Really boring game, but most of the London games are really, really boring. So I'm not really stunned or kind of shocked the way that this game went. I was also leaning Jags in this game also. How many more games do you guys think the uh, Arthur Smith gives Desmond Ritter? Because I really think I really think they got to move on. Like, they got to they gotta just start somebody. I don't even know who their backup is. At it's this uh, point. Heineke. Heineke. Yeah, I think yeah, he needs. I think they he needs to go. I, that, I they need to make the change. I, um, I'm not really sure how long of a leash you give him, but it can't be much longer. Um, him, uh, I'm talking about Ritter. He just he can't throw the football. Like he he can't yeah. he can't throw the ball. And I get the entire game plan for Atlanta is run run run, but you got to be able to throw the football. And Desmond Ritter just can't do that. He's proven that he can't do that. He couldn't really do that in college, let alone in yeah. the NFL. And it's like. He, I mean, he can throw it. He can throw it. He just throws it to the other fucking team. <laughs> yeah, it's just not accurate. That's, that's the thing. And it's like, it's not like a lot of these young quarterbacks where you give them a pass because their situation isn't, isn't um, set up for them. Like, this is a really good spot for a quarterback. You have a uh, an elite offensive line. Theoretically, you have elite weapons. I think you do. Just haven't seen it, and that's probably the quarterback, and they've been on the quarterback. And um, I mean, Bijan, you know, you just have to watch him play football, whether it's animated in Toy Story or not. I mean, that dude is fucking electric. So, um, like, he's in a good spot. Like, I think a lot of quarterbacks would succeed in this position. And um, I mean, you obviously give him the rest of the year, I think, because. Maybe you don't, but uh, I mean, if he, if he isn't, if he doesn't show improvement, like lo- like big steps of improvement, at the end of the year, you're obviously on. So, I mean, he had beef with his re- like his receivers aren't fucking with him at all. Did you guys see like Matt Collins get up off the bench and yeah. kind of go after him Fuck after he tried to barked at him? Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, 
I feel bad for these weapons that this team does have because on paper they are really talented. They just have a a scrub from some small university in Cincinnati. You know, throw them to them. It's not good. <laughs> you guys know the uh, unnecessary shade there. Come on, man. Come on. Ritter, Ritter, Ritter dragged uh, UC to the playoffs. Yeah, dragon playoffs. Was, he was on the. That was an. Do you guys see the? Uh, have you you know you guys know the the uh, Alex Jones meme where it's like him standing shirtless. It's the next one is him standing shirtless, but he's like tan. Yeah. It's like, I saw that one was like Mariota in twenty twenty two, Desert Ritter in twenty twenty three. You'll have to look that up. And if if you understand the meme, what I'm saying, then it'll be funny. If you don't. It won't be funny, but um, yeah, it was funny. Moral of the story. Yeah, let's move on. The game sucked. Uh, play the Lunder. Uh, it's, I mean, we got the Bills coming in next week. Yeah, Maybe Jack. Play the Lunder, but yeah, Jags are staying out there. Jags Bills next Sunday morning. Um, speaking of the Bills, Bills Dolphins. Um, Bills put a fucking ass whooping on Miami, forty-eight to twenty. Um, Josh Allen, since week one. He has 800 yards, eight touchdowns, one interception, and two rushing touchdowns. Um, Week one was obviously an overreaction by many, many, many people, um, some of us included. But this game kind of proved the Josh Allen, or showed the Josh Allen that we can get. I mean, he's he's dynamic. He's one of the more electric and fun players to watch with the football in his hands. Um, He had a rushing touchdown late, uh, late in that game. Becomes, becomes the fourth quarterback in NFL history with 40 rushing touchdowns. I mean, and he owns Miami, dude. He, he literally owns Miami. He's 9-2 and two against the Dolphins, best record for his any team. 3,004 yards, 31 passing touchdowns, 5 rushing touchdowns. Uh, QBR over 110 for Miami. He literally owns Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one that didn't overreact to week one, I told everybody to relax, and he's still great. He's Josh Allen. Um, turns out the Jets are just good, man. I mean, we saw what the Jets did, did to Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mahomes played one of the worst games I've seen him play um, on Sunday night. So the Jets just have a really good defense. They're going to give a lot of quarterbacks trouble. Um, and not, you know, Josh Allen is prone to some turnovers, but I mean, when he's right, uh, he's about as good as, as anyone can be at playing quarterback. And that's what I've said the whole time. So um, I think the takeaway from this game, though, is I kind of. Uh, underrated the Bills front seven. Um, they don't even have Von Miller in there, and they had, I think, four sacks on Tua, and uh, they hit him about nine times. So they have consistent pass rush um, with their with their D line. They're going to be a force. I know they lost Tre'Davious White, which is going to hurt them the season within Achilles. But um, if their defense gets back to what it was a couple of years ago, it might be uh, the favorite in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, Bills are a fucking wagon. I mean, if they look, if they play remote, like even a fraction of how they looked on Sunday, they're going to be an insanely tough out. Excuse me. Um, With that performance on Sunday, Josh Allen is the second quarterback in NFL history with 300 yards, four passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and a perfect passer rating all in one game. Aaron Rodgers did it back in 2019. Um four passing, five rushing for Allen, 21 of 25, 304 yards, only took two sacks, which is really nice. Shout out shout out his boy Diggs, man. Six catches, 120 and three. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. He's the only active player in the NFL right now with five-plus games of 100 yards and three touchdowns, which is 
insane. Um, Nuts. Yeah, I mean this this Miami team's good, man. They'll they'll bounce back. Uh, it's just the Bills are just humming right now. They caught, Miami kind of caught them at a bad spot, in my opinion, at least. It's it's not, a lot of people would disagree with that putting up seventy last week, but this Bills defense has been humming recently. Um, shout out Devon Achain, though the rookie running back who I drafted in every single league and then dropped in every single league and was able to pick up um, in a couple of them, but. Um, tied the rookie record for most touchdowns in a two-game span with six. Had 100 yards, two touchdowns on Sunday. That kid's the real deal. Let's move on to Trent. Before we get into your brownies, we got to talk about this this game here. Denver tw- 31, Chicago 28. Um, Matt Eberflus, or no, he calls the defensive plays for the Bears. I'm not. I can't remember who calls the offensive plays, but um. They fucked Justin Fields and that Bears offense out of a win with that fourth down run call. Or the fourth down shotgun yeah, think, call, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it obviously Iberflus is the one that gives the green light to go for sure, it. Sure, yeah. Um, the call, which I don't know why the OC is uh, escaping me right now, his name, but um, yeah, I, I don't understand the call there. I mean... You kick the field goal, you make Russell Wilson go all the way. If you want to go for it, put it in Justin Fields' hands. And um, they didn't do that. And it, they just so the Bears, like, you can't watch that game and tell me Fields isn't, like, mainly talented. And he's just in the worst situation possible. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've done the Bears thing. It sucks. The, the The game was entertaining, though. I I told you guys I'd like I was looking forward to watching this game. And, uh, it didn't disappoint, but the Bears are just so inept in in every facet of everything. So, um, I saw this floating around Twitter today that Atlanta should trade for Justin Fields. That would be nasty on that offense, which that would be. And I think that's because he he's from Georgia. Um, so bringing him home, but that would be something I'd love to see, and I think the Falcons would probably win that division. If I'm a, re- if I'm a receiver on that team, though, I might just retire at that point. <laughs> I mean, he can't be much worse <laughs> than it already is. It'd be an upgrade, though. It would, I mean, he, he threw for 330 yards today. No, 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 not because Justin Fields can't throw, but if you have him and Bijan, you're not going to have to fucking throw. I mean, true. Drake London's overrated already, but... Yeah, Trent, I mean, you just you touched on Fields, 330 yards. He had three passing touchdowns in the first half. Um, he had three total coming into Sunday. Um, he looked really good. I mean, outside of the uh, the one fumble he had late, um, he looked really, really good. The Bears defense just can't stop anybody. And Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator for the Bears. Um, fourth and one, not only do you not kick the field goal, but you go out a shotgun and you give the ball to the running back six yards behind the line of scrimmage. I, I ne- I'll never understand why goal line or short yardage situations teams go out of the shotgun. It just never makes sense to me. But Bears have now... He completed his first 16 passes of the game. He looked really good. He looked really, really yeah. good. DJ Moore looked like the guy that they traded for. Um, it's just this fucking defense, man. This coaching staff is just... They're in hell. I mean, they've lost 14 straight games now. And then in those 14 games, they've given up 25-plus. Like, it's... You would think, I mean, they made some moves in the offseason on defense, and you think that, I mean, coming into the season, you would have thought that they'd be a little bit better, but they're just as bad, if not worse, than they were last year. 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, the Bears suck. But uh, you guys see, so Gage just mentioned it, Fields started 16 of 16. And Tua last week against the Broncos started 16 of 16 as well. The only incompletion that Fields had half was the last incompletion, and it was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Um, so, I mean, the Broncos might be generationally bad on defense, which is weird when they have, like, a top three corner there. Um, so I don't really know what the hell's going on there. I mean, the win seems like Russ is playing a little bit better, but um, I don't know. We can move on from that. Uh, the Broncos don't really interest me. No. Uh, I want your insight on this game, though. Baltimore, I did jump on Baltimore when Watson uh, jumped out or uh, was ruled out. I jumped on the minus one and a half. Uh, Mark Andrews looked like the best tight end in the league, which he is some days. Ravens 28, Browns 3, DTR. Not the greatest rookie um, debut. 19 to 36, 121, three picks. Um, he fucked me out of the same game parlay, actually. I had him over 24 and a half rushing yards, finished with 24. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Um, Trent, um, any update? I honestly haven't heard anything on the Deshaun Watson injury. Is it anything bad? And what's, like, what should Browns fans be looking for moving forward? Is this game really that big of a deal? So the first thing with Deshaun Watson, I think um, I think he's fine. I think it was more a precautionary thing where, you know, we could rest him through the bye week. He's going to play next week. So um, give him some extra rest, and he'll be good to go week five. So I, I'm not concerned about um, – as far as this game, it, I don't really take a lot from this game. I mean – DTR, who I'm a huge fan of, and you guys know that, like, just not ready to play. And he he put the Browns in so many shitty situations. Um, I didn't really understand the play calling as well. Like, they were just they, – they, they called the game like Deshaun Watson was playing quarterback. Just step in his shoes, which is kind of interesting. Like, you think that you want to tailor it, uh, you know, around a, a fifth-round rookie making his first start. You want to help him out a little bit more, lean on the run game. Um. Yeah, I mean, th- this game was over in the second quarter. There was I was half paying attention to the whole second half. The Browns couldn't move the ball. Um, DTR was shook, which I didn't. I didn't. I, I figured there would be growing pains, but I didn't think he'd be shook just because his like. I wish for the amazing new iPhone 15. Giving up on him, like it's the Ravens. It's a really tough start your career, and um, he's just not ready to play. So I, I kind of throw this game out. Um, Played well, I thought, but it's tough when you're just out there the whole game. Lamar had some spectacular plays, man. Like he had some dimes. He was making. He had a play where he um, broke free of the pocket, ran to the right, and threw all the way back across his body to Mark Andrews on the left for like a 40-yard gain. Um, yeah, so he's nasty. And it's two and two going into the bye week, uh, but I'm not worried. I think um, we're all right. You yeah. got any update on you got any update on Miles Garrett? He went out in the third quarter in a boot. Yeah, he's fine. I, I just talked to him on the phone. He's he's good. He's straight. The X-rays came back negative and everything. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it was just a rolled ankle. True. All right. Cool. Uh, De- defense looked again. Like, the bye the bye week's gonna help. So the defense did not look great at all. I mean, I just. I mean, 
it 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 did it didn't look great, but it, like I said, it wasn't. First touchdown drive was set up by a DTR interception that was like at the eight yard line, so it was like a ten yard, eight yard uh, TD drive. Also had like a touchdown drive that started like the Browns forty, and um, they still played well. I thought they pressured Lamar and he had like a couple drives, but for the most part they bottled him up. He made some great throws, but yeah, I wouldn't pin this on the defense. I think it's tough to play when you know you have no chance on offense. So they it kind of deflated the the defense. Yeah, Lamar. Lamar first career first career game with two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns too. Dude, Baltimore had less than three hundred total yards, and they put up twenty eight points. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's just self inflicted wounds by the offense. As I said, they weren't like moving the ball up and down the field like like it was easy. Like they had a lot of three and outs. Um, I mean, the Browns defense didn't play great, but it. It didn't play like it, it had in the couple, past couple games, but it's still. Moral of the story: I'm not concerned about this game. All right. Good enough. Um, I am kind of worried about the Saints um, hosting Tampa Bay. They got fucking bullied. I would be. Yeah, twenty-six to nine, not putting up a touchdown. Um, I don't. I don't really understand starting Derek Carr. I'm not like I wasn't totally against it. Um. It just kind of didn't it's make dumb. sense. Yeah, I mean, he played really. It. it was just dumb to, to rush. It's not like it's not like you're you don't have a capable backup. Like Jameis Winston has started in hundreds of NFL games. Yeah, or maybe not. But I mean, he's he's made a hell of a lot of starts, and it's not like Derek Carr's like that much better than Jameis. Where if he plays at seventy five percent, it's it's going to be like a massive upgrade. It didn't make sense. Um, it was hard to watch, yeah, I'm man. Sorry, I'm stealing your here, but uh, the 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 offensive play calling was stupid. Derek Carr was just thinking and dunking. He had like two balls over the top that weren't completed, but ugly, man. They got to change something on offense. Yeah, speaking of dinking and dunking, um, Alvin Kamara made a season debut today. Um, he had 13 catches on 14 targets, uh, set an NFL record, fewest yards ever with 13 receptions. Um, 13 for 33 was his stat line. The fewest yards with that many catches since um, 1985, which was 72 yards. Um, Derek Carr had 14 completions behind the line of scrimmage on Sunday. They, it, fe- it felt like every time he dropped back to pass, he just stood there in the pocket. I mean, he only got sacked twice, but like he didn't run around. He, it was like first reads done. He dinks, dumps it off to Kamara. It's just. The play calling few, is horrible. The few, shots he did, the few shots he did take were every single one of them seemed like it was underthrown. Well, like he just couldn't put it. Yeah, most of them, yeah. He had a ball. Um, I think it was in the fourth. Or I'm sorry, first quarter, first or second quarter, uh, deep ball to a lob in the end zone where uh, Winfield for Tampa Bay got his hand on. It was right in the bucket. It was a really really good throw. But other than that, they didn't do anything. Like it just. I mean, there's it's it's hard to watch this offense because this happens sometimes with this team where they have so many weapons. I mean, they have weapons all over the field, and they don't. The play calling doesn't get these guys in space with the football. But yet, when they do, they look they look really really good. I mean, you saw what happened against Carolina. I mean, even last week we lost to Tampa, uh, Green Bay, but you know we fed Olave, had a hundred plus. I mean, the week before in Carolina, you get Olave, you get Michael Thomas football, like it's. We got playmakers, man. They just sometimes some games they just look like they he, Dennis Allen crew don't they look like they don't know what the fuck to do. 
And like I said, I'm not totally against. Go ahead. The offensive coaching is. We can move on, but the offensive coaching is horrible. They need to hire an innovative offensive coordinator that gets these guys the best out of this. This because they they are so talented, Deaver. Um, they should not be just getting like Derek Carr should not have a hundred yards passing in like the fourth quarter. Like that's that's just ridiculous. So yeah, Raiders need um, to Raiders need to fire Josh McDaniels so that way we can hire him as our uh, OC. But let's move on. I don't want to talk about this fucking game. I have a future or a bunch of futures on the Saints. They'll be just fine. Um, L.A. Indy, uh, Indianapolis. L.A. twenty nine. The Colts twenty three. Walk off touchdown. Puka Nakua first career touchdown catch. Um, this dude is fucking insane. Uh, most catches through four games in the NFL history. Uh, yeah, first. Holy shit! I'm tripping. Most catches in NFL history through four games to start his career. 39. Um, he has three 100-yard games in the first four. Um, he's for real. Uh, looks like Matt Stafford is... Everybody thought the first couple weeks may have been a fluke. Is he back? Is he not? I think he's fully back. He looks really healthy, even though he did get banged up on Sunday. But looks healthy. Arm looks strong. He's throwing the ball with more zip. This Rams team, man, I and mean, this Colts team is also fun to watch. But this Rams team, they're offensively they're nasty. I mean, yeah, when you have a veteran like Matt Stafford who is going to battle through any injury, and then Sean McVay on the offensive side, I mean, it's it's just wizard wizardry on on that side of the ball. But yeah, like you said, the Colts are fun, but at the same time, they're like I feel like their play calling is so predictive, like. I don't know, I watched that game because I had Colts money line, and I felt pretty good about it once they tied it up. I was really hoping they would uh, would win the win the game there at the end, but they, they scored, went for two, tied it up, and then they didn't see the ball again. Um, wait, no, at the end of regulation, they, they, got a, they got a three and out, got the ball back, and had a chance to kick a field goal to win. Um, but they went three and out themselves, and then overtime came, and they didn't even see the ball. So Puka's legit. Matt Stafford is him, even after getting hurt. Um, he played 20 minutes on a on a bummed ankle, and kind of just goes to show how much he how much he loves this game and, and how much he loves this team. And Kyron William did his thing, two touchdowns in the first quarter, um, kind of quiet after that. But yeah, Colts Colts kind of fumbled the bag there, had a chance to win at the end, and then didn't even get a chance to to get the ball back. So disappointing loss, but uh, a bright future for India. I like what they got going on over there. They just need to get some some hope in the backfield. Yeah. For, they- uh, Funny, funny you mentioned that because um, I forget who posted it on Twitter. There was a video I was watching uh, from a podcast clip. They were talking with um, Jonathan Taylor being reinstated this week. Um, that they were going through like destinations for Jonathan Taylor, and him and Indy would be disgusting. Him and Richardson in the backfield that'd be insane. And Zach Moss isn't bad. It's no, just. Uh... He's, he, He's not your. He's not a feature back. Yeah, I agree. But uh, he's on both my fantasy teams, bro. He better be. I. I mean, he is right now. I mean, he, he's not a. Yeah. He's, he's not a bad back. He's not. He just. I don't think he can Zach do it Moss for a whole is, year. I was thinking about this. Like, you can't really do if you have Zach Moss in the fantasy. I do. You can't really do anything. You just have to kind of wait for the impending doom of Jonathan Taylor coming back. Right. Because you can't like trade him. Because no one's gonna give you shit for him, 
kind of rode it out and it was a fun ride but i don't know what to do now so <laughs> it was a fun ride thanks for coming to my ted talk but let's uh let's move on to a game that we do have to talk about unfortunately for for Bengals fans Bengals go down into Nashville, get embarrassed yet again. Second game this season, scoring three or less points. Uh, Tennessee 27, Cincinnati 3. I have a lot to say on this game. So if one of you guys would like to go first, that would be amazing. So that way I don't ramble on for 20 minutes. I think the Bengals stink. Do they need to – should Joe Burrow be playing right now? I don't think so. Uh, am, am I crazy yeah, I for saying so. no? Well, I just don't. I don't really understand. Like, like all these. Like the Bengals fans were really optimistic for, for some reason after uh, after the Rams game. It's like, did you guys watch that offense? Like, that's not going to fly against. Isn't you know self destructing the whole game. Um, I didn't think it would be this bad, but like. Or they, they cannot do anything on offense. It's bad, dude. And it's really bad. I think this, this speaks to speaks to a couple of things. Like it speaks to obviously Joe Burrow and like how much he relies on extending plays to where he's been. Um, you know, he's he's built as like this pocket passer, but he's more so a playmaker than like Justin Herbert, who is like a true pocket passer, who's just dicing you up from the pocket. Obviously, Herbert can extend plays as well, but Burrow's not that that level of pocket passer where he can just sit, move, and, and dice you up. Um, so that's one thing I, I pulled from this. And the other thing is don't... Um, I think this is kind of exposing uh, Zach Taylor and his kind of out-of-date offensive game plans where... Um, Honestly, it's, just, it's kind of exposing his coaching abilities and his ability to adjust from the same product on the field and week out, and it's not working. So you would think they would try to change some things and, and get get Chase and um, get their weapons, you know, motion, get more creative. I know Burrow can't take I guess he can't take snaps under center because he doesn't want to put stress on his calf, which seems silly. But he didn't really take he, – he was in shotgun all last year too. He just does, hates being under center. But you got to change some things up, man. You can't give the defenses the same look back to, to have success. So I think it's fully ready to panic since he – I don't know about you guys, but – Yeah, they're statistically the worst offense in the league, I'm pretty sure. And they are. if – if the Giants score a touchdown in the first half tonight, um, recording this on Monday night, Cincinnati will be the only team in the NFL to have no touchdowns in the first half. And I, it's embarrassing when you start off games as slow as they are. Um, it's worrisome. And this week against Tennessee, they they took the ball. They won the toss. They took the ball. They wanted to score some points. They got first and goal within 10, and they had to settle for a chip shot field goal. So it's... I don't know what's going on there. Um, like, this just isn't the, the Cincinnati team that we're used to seeing in the past couple of years. I mean, we just got lucky that they, I don't want to call them fluke years because it was more than just, just a game here and there. But it, it's definitely time to panic. And we say this week in and week out with this team, but 
if they don't beat Arizona coming up, then maybe it's really time to panic. I'm, I'm going to just stop saying that because they're going to lose. They're going to lose more games than they're going to win this year, and that can just be an ongoing theme throughout the whole season if we want it to be. So, I don't know. I want to get. We were talking about it earlier. We want to get some Cincinnati fans on the pod to let us have some insight. Um, let us know what's going on. What needs to change going forward for this team? Because at this rate, it looks like they might have one of the worst records in the NFL comes down to it yeah it's absolutely panic time absolutely panic time for the Bengals. um i don't so i do understand but i don't understand um why they're letting burrow play right now i get it because you don't want to fall so behind but like at the same time he's not helping you at all right like he he, he can't trend you mentioned he can't move he's known for moving around outside the pocket and extending plays he can't do that um, I mean, they they had the one field goal drive and uh, to start the game on Sunday, but after that, they only had one drive move more than thirty yards, and that's a testament to the t- uh, Tennessee's defense. But at the same time, that's Burrow not being Burrow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I got some more numbers I'm gonna run through here real quick, but I don't want to harp on the fact that it, it's panic time. I mean, you guys said it. This, I'll be I'll be at the game when they play Seattle. Um, I hope for Bengals fans sake that Burrow is not playing um but I would not be surprised if he is it's this team this offense is too fucking good on paper to to be whatever man it is what it is but some of these things before we head out I mean they're getting Bengals are getting outscored 94 to 49 this year bottom five in point differential they're averaging 12.3 points a game which is worse than the NFL I said it when we kicked it off. Two of their four games, uh, three or less points. Averaging 236 yards of offense a game, worst in the NFL. Third fewest rushing yards in the NFL as a team and only one touchdown. Uh, Not really sure. This kind of goes back to the preseason talk where bringing in Orlando Brown, the entire Bengal, or majority of the Bengal community just assumed that that would just fix the entire offensive line, which is idiotic to me because we knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, and they're also only they're they're only averaging 14 first downs per game, which is bottom three in the NFL. Like, it, this defense is too good for the offense to not help them out. It, it, it's bad. It's hard to watch Bengal football right now. It truly, truly is. Yeah, I, I don't even know if the offensive line is playing that poorly. I just think, like you said, the combination of of Burrow not extending plays and the offensive play calling and the blandness of it when you go against uh really anybody especially like the, the titans front seven teams are just they're just blitzing burrow this year which they had it in the past and they're just blitzing him and the burrow and the and the Bengals coaching staff doesn't have answers um you know they already said burrow's gonna be playing against the cardinals um so I, I don't know. I, I, you mentioned that, you know, they, they're playing like they could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Here is somehow they <laughs> they they find their way into like a top three pick and they end up with Marvin Harrison. And no shot. Like, I mean, I could like it, it could be uh, a blessing in disguise if like this year's just a complete throwaway and then they end up getting this receiver prospects, 
you know, since Calvin Johnson. But um, I'm I'm sure they'll they'll win a couple games and turn it around. But I don't think at this point, if you had to tell me, ask me if they're going to make the playoffs or not, I would lean no. And I know uh, Vegas leans no pretty heavily too. So I mean, they need this. They need to sit Burrow at least, in my opinion, for the next couple weeks. I mean, you get Arizona, Seattle, then the bye week. Excuse me, but after that, you get San Francisco. After that, I know they're not, but I'm just saying. After, after this bye week in two weeks, you get San Francisco and Buffalo, and then you go Bal- uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Like this schedule is not getting any easier for Cincinnati. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of bad before it gets good. I, I truly think that. But uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Minnesota fighting Kirk Cousins, get it done in Carolina. Not much on this game. Twenty-one thirteen. Um, moving on to Houston and Pittsburgh. Houston, uh, one of my best bets of the week, thirty to six. CJ motherfucking Stroud. Um, I think we we're all in agreement when we did our kind of preview shows that he was the best quarterback in this draft class, and this game and this season really have have done nothing but back that up. I mean, he's now has one hundred and fifty one pass attempts without an interception, which is the most in NFL history to start a career. He's averaging, I mean, it's only four games, but if you look at the numbers, 303 yards, which statistically is most all-time. Mahomes is the only other quarterback to average more than 300 yards a game. Um, C.J. Stroud is legit. He is very, very good. One more stat before I kick it to you, Trent. Um, He now has 1,212 yards on the season, second most in NFL history for a rookie through their first four games. Um, Cam Newton was the only one with more with 1386. This man is electric, and he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the in the NFL a uh, few years down the road. Yeah, he. I mean, he's probably a top 10 quarterback right now. I mean, that the way he's playing. Statistically, absolutely. Like based yeah. on this year, I would. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is like he looks the part too. Like he just looks. I can't believe how fast his release is. And a lot, if you watch his game from yesterday, he's doing a lot of like, not even stuff he would do at Ohio. He wouldn't even do this at Ohio State, but he would, his arm angles would be like, he'd be doing like the Mahomes stuff or he kind of has like a, like a quick flick of, of the wrist and the ball goes like 30 yards on a seam. I don't know, man. Like I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. It seems like he's just, last episode i think he's college was like too easy for him so he didn't have to showcase all that he could do now that he's in the nfl behind a third string offensive line he's he's like navigating that and getting these quick release sidearm throws that are just on a rope it's it's really impressive stuff man this is like justin herbert rookie year stuff um i mean you just said all the stats he's on he's on pace to um be a star in the NFL, so pretty. It's pretty awesome to watch, and I'm glad the Ohio State quarterback narrative can be put to bed. I'm going to say it right now: it, it can be put to bed because, it, I mean, it's a silly, baseless argument anyway. But um, I won't get into it. But happy for C.J. Stroud, man. The Texans are really fun. Will Anderson's really fun. Ryan's can coach. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on in Houston. And those jerseys. I think those red on red jerseys. Clean. Were like, oh, 
one of the best in the one of the. You should wear those every fucking day. Those are so I don't understand clean. Why they blues at all. Those reds are the best beauties in ball. Yeah, those are the helmets, dude. Those shiny red helmets are just crazy. But yeah, another game without a pick. Um, second consecutive game without a sack as well. So he does look apart. He also just is making all the right decisions. He's throwing the ball away when he needs to. Granted, he was 16 of 30 for 300 yards. So, yeah, he not the best completion percentage, but he's making the right plays, not putting the ball in in, in, in danger, and um, looking like he's been in the league for quite some time. So a fun team, very young and explosive team, and just out there playing ball with nothing to lose. And I think that's why they're having great success, and I'm excited to watch them moving forward. Yeah, third consecutive game, 250 yards, two touchdowns and no picks. Um, the longest uh, longest streak by a rookie since 1970. Uh, final stat before I let you go. First player in NFL history, or before we move on. First, and a first player in NFL history, rookie or veteran, doesn't matter. First player with 1,200 yards and zero interceptions through their first four games. This kid is legit. Um, he will be very, very good for a very, very, very long time. Uh, move to the afternoon slate. Three game slate. Two of the three were fucking snooze fests. Um, L.A. Chargers twenty four, Vegas seventeen. Aiden O'Connell started for Jimmy Garoppolo, who I believe uh, concussion. Um, did not look great. Didn't look bad. Um, this Chargers team offensively also didn't really look amazing. Justin Herbert, fucking. His finger was like facing the opposite direction at one point, but um, they get it done. Went by a touchdown. Khalil Mack um, now has is tied for the NFL lead in sacks with six. Coming into Sunday, he had zero, um, six sacks. You heard that correct. Uh, second or second most all time. Uh, Derek Thomas, I think, for the uh, Bucks back in the day at seven, which is the NFL record. But um couple quick things on that first NFL or first player with six sacks in a game since 2017 the only active player in the league with six sacks in a game the only active player in the NFL right now with multiple five sack games and he just became the second player in the last 40 years to have multiple five sack games Khalil Mack the resurgence is fun to see Khalil Mack was a stud when we were kids so it was good to see him finally get put battle on the map yeah, I, I saw it real quick. I saw that, that um, stat, and I instantly looked at the Raiders' defensive stats, and I was like, oh, shit. Because he played for the Raiders for a little bit, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah kind of. he kind of like, I don't want to say fell off, but in a sense, you haven't heard his name in quite a while. So, yeah, that was a, a great resurgence for, for his legacy. Yeah. He definitely fell off because I saw the stat, and it was from PFF. Before this game, he had a 0.0% pass rush win rate charted by PFF. Literally was was a completely complete non-factor, not only in the sack category, but he literally wasn't winning any of his reps one-on-one um, with the offensive lineman. And then he goes for six sacks. And, um that might be more of an Aiden O'Connell thing. Also electric in the preseason, but he... I mean, I, I like a quarterback that can stand in there, and he wasn't really scared of the rush, but he you got to also be aware of the rush, and he wasn't really 
pulled like three times. Um, Purdue, he had a nice right? arm, but yeah, yeah, he was a dog in the preseason. He kind of looks, he kind of looks a little. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that for later. But <laughs> look <laughs> him up. He's a weird looking guy. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he he he's obviously um, an, another mid round rookie that had a rough go of it. Um, but has some talent. So, yeah, Keenan Allen also scored. Um, Justin Herbert two rushing touchdowns today, both in the first half. Um, he had zero all of last season. Um, we talked to Trent. You mentioned him being able to get out of the pocket a little bit and move when comparing him to Burrow. But um, yeah, Chargers get it done, twenty four seventeen. This next game, I got a few things on, but I don't even want to spend too much time on it. Dallas thirty eight, uh, New England three. Absolute ass kicking. The worst halftime deficit and the worst loss in Bill Belichick's career. Um, they lost by 31, I believe, in 2003 to the Bills. Um, in four games this season, Cowboys have held their opponents under 10 points. So Cowboys defense without Trayvon Diggs is still legit. Final game on this card. Go ahead. What? I said elite. Elite. Yes, correct. Final card or final game on the card before we let you guys go. Gage's Niners. Um, we could spend just a couple mm-hmm. minutes, couple minutes on it. Looking like the best team in the NFL, 35-16. Um, say what you want about Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. To do what the Niners are doing consistently is still very, very impressive. Gage, before I let you close this out here, Brock Purdy is now nine and zero as a starter. Um, they put up thirty five points and nearly four hundred yards yesterday. And George Kittle and Debo Samuel combined for one catch. The whole Debo, was, the whole Debo thing, Gage, you can talk about it here in a second. It just didn't make much sense to me. Christian McCaffrey, no. touchdown in 13 straight games, most all-time in Niners history, ties Arian Foster and Emmitt Smith for the second longest streak in the NFL. Uh, longest streak is 15 games. Uh, he also has the second most all-time games with a reception or with a receiving and a rushing touchdown. Uh, that yesterday put him at 12. Marshall Falk holds that record at 15. Um, this guy is, in my opinion, the best player and the most valuable player in the NFL. Um, I know he won't win it, but I think he deserves to have his name put into the MVP hat. Uh, Brock Purdy also put up a Niners record yesterday. I believe it was a 92% completion percentage. Um this team is just fucking insane, dude. They're so, so fucking good. Yeah, and they had McCaffrey had a chance to score five. They were on the one-yard line yeah. um, late in the game, but Shanahan called a, a fullback run with check that got stuffed, and then and then Purdy sneaked it in. So he had a chance to score five, but um, three in the first half is just insane. Four for the game is, is unheard of, and... I mean, he's doing it all over the field. He's not only running them, but he he's catching balls too. Seven catches per for seventy yards. You would think he's a wide receiver one, but um, yeah, doing all that with without a single reception. I don't get Debo didn't even have a single target. I was watching that game. They didn't look at they didn't look his way one time. Um, I think it's really good to see Brandon Ayuk coming on well. He's always been good, but. Six catches for a buck fifty um, in a blowout one like that is really good. And I told you guys last week that that's a lot of points in the NFL, but for a Niners team, that that's, that's just not enough. Fourteen is not enough points going up, going up against Arizona. But 
I don't know. Not much to say about it. Just they're they're just continuing to roll, and they they will continue to roll next week. Um, oh, that'll be a actually I don't know. That'll be a good game versus Cowboys next Sunday night. So really really excited for that one. Yeah, first real test of the season next Sunday. I was gonna I was gonna mention that, but I picked them to come out the NFC. Um, I have Baltimore come out of the AFC. I have Baltimore winning the whole thing. But through the first four games, the Niners are by far the best team in the NFL. Um, they're 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 a fucking wagon. They're insane. Um, yeah, you guys got anything else before we get out of here? Because Monday Night Football just kicked off. Um, we were talking shit on Matt Burita and he's got a couple carries early in this game. But anything else yeah, before we let the people get out of here? Yeah, I got a couple closing thoughts. Um, I just got a text from Tyler. He said, "Let the but no, Giants money line in the under is a lock. I know it's too late, but we'll uh, we'll see and talk about those picks on Thursday. But moving forward, um, some exciting things to watch out for Thursday this week. Hopefully, gonna have our first official guest on the podcast. Um, future college football player, have some fun insight, go through a little interview process with him, that pick his brain about what it was like playing in the SEC. Um, and then another one we have on the radar, one of the best cappers in the game. Um, not gonna. Spoil it or, or name names right now, but his record this year in college football is 50, 13, and 2. Um, so if you guys are interested in making money and aren't looking forward to tailing our plays because we're not on the hottest streaks right now, be on the lookout for, for next week's episode with with one of the best pickers you'll ever see. So just a couple of food, uh, thoughts for food there and moving forward. Thoughts for food. Thoughts for food. Man, <laughs> man, man got man got a chance to run a promo, and he he didn't know what to do. He got too excited with himself. Thoughts what, for what food. What would a thought for food fail? Like, what would that be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, dude. Sorry, I, I just talked a little bit too much then. No, I was thinking. <laughs> I love it, man. Not everyone, not everyone can be can be awesome carpenter. Let's let's just put it out there. No, like, no, 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 no. The way this man preps. The way he puts puts his voice on the line each and every Tuesday and Thursday out here, it doesn't get better than him. So shout out to Austin Carpenter, man. You're too you're Your too host. you're too kind, man. You're too kind. I'm gonna take the big pot. I appreciate it, fellas. I appreciate it. All right, man. Catch us next. Uh, not next. This Thursday. Gage mentioned that we we'll have a fun episode coming up. So excited for that. Catch us on Twitter. Take four. Take underscore. Let us know what you think. Until next time, gentlemen. Peace. Go.